the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. Riots in Philadelphia. And uh, the, uh, the reason? A, a black man was shot to death by two policemen. You can see the video. He was brandishing a knife and uh, kept uh, moving toward them. And they kept screaming at him, drop the knife, drop the knife. He kept moving toward them. I would have, uh, in in an ideal world, I would have preferred uh, something to simply debilitate him. A taser or some sort of gas or whatever is used. However, to the best of my knowledge, that has been banned. Uh, The use of uh, tear gas, for example, has been banned. So the irony is the uh, fools that ban these things leave the police no choice but to defend themselves uh, with a gun. In any event, there isn't a reason on earth to assume that there was a racist motive involved in the shooting. Also, uh, Philadelphia has cut uh, tens of millions of dollars from its police budget. So the usual looting and setting uh, vehicles on fire took place. This uh, is never denounced, or almost never. I want to be very precise. Certainly for months it was never denounced by leading Democrats or by the New York Times. Washington Post, to the best of my knowledge, and I follow this avidly, I I don't uh, think it troubles them, actually. That's the the current state of things, and I uh, believe that uh, many of you are as troubled as I am about the ability of mobs to do massive harm and nothing happened. Nothing happens. This is a new America. If you were asked, make America great again, what does that mean? Well, one of the things it means is that if you steal, if you break into stores, if you set police cars on fire and do similarly violent acts, you are arrested prosecuted, and imprisoned. That's a better America. A country that allows thugs in the name of whatever they, they, uh, they claim. Thugs to steal, burn, loot. Steal and loot are synonymous, so steal and burn. Uh, will not survive as a society. There are a lot of bad people in this world. The amount of bad done in the last 100 years in the name of high ideals 
is greater than the amount of bad done in this world in the name of bad ideals. I think you ought to uh, be aware of that. That's why I take actions as far more serious than rhetoric. New York Times has an article on why, if you are a leftist, you should vote for Joe Biden. One of the rare times I agree with a New York Times article. The naive liberals who will vote because Joe Biden, oh, Joe Biden's not, no, he's not a leftist. He, he, he's a liberal. He's a, he's a moderate. Uh, it is painful to me that adults can fool themselves to that extent. So what? Joe Biden is not anything. Joe Biden is what his environment demands that he be. That is all he is. His aim in life has to has been to further his money and further his career. To the best of my knowledge, he does not have any other ideals. And you people talk character about about the president. Well, do we have any of the uh, dialogue uh, that just took place today, uh, Mr. McConnell? Well, oh, it's still going on. Who's speaking now? Who's being who's who's being questioned right now? They're being so the heads of Facebook, Google, and Twitter are in the Senate now. And who's questioning them? All right. So give me the give me the interplay with Ted Cruz. This is really important. People using the service as much information as possible. Thank you, Senator Blumenthal. Senator Cruz. Chairman, I want to thank you, Mr. Chairman, for holding this hearing. The three witnesses we have before this committee today collectively pose, I believe, the single greatest threat to free speech in America and the greatest threat we have to free and fair elections. That's right. Yesterday, I spent a considerable amount of time speaking with both Mr. Zuckerberg and Mr. Pichai. I have concerns about the behavior of both of their companies. I would note that Facebook is at the minimum at least trying to make some efforts in the direction of defending free speech. I appreciate their doing so. Google, I agree with the concerns that Senator Klobuchar raised. I think Google has more power than any company on the face of the planet. And the antitrust concerns are real. The impact of Google is profound. And I expect we will have continued and ongoing discussions about Google's abuse of that power and its willingness to manipulate search outcomes to influence and change election results. But today, I want to focus my questioning on Mr. Dorsey and on Twitter. Because of the three players before us, I think Twitter's conduct has by far been the most egregious. Mr. Dorsey, does Twitter have the ability to influence elections? No. (laughs) God. You don't believe Twitter has any ability to influence elections? No, we are one part of a spectrum of communication channels that people have. So you're testifying to this committee right now that, that, that Twitter, when it silences people, when it censors people, when it blocks political speech, that has no impact on elections? 
people people have choice of other communication channels with which not if, not if they don't hear information if you don't think you have the power to influence elections why do you block anything uh well we have policies that are focused on making sure that more voices on the platform are possible we see a lot of abuse and harassment which ends up silencing people and having them leave from the platform all right, Mr. Dorsey, I find your opening questions, your opening answers absurd on their face. But let's talk about the last two weeks in particular. As you know, I have long been concerned about Twitter's pattern of censoring and silencing individual Americans with whom Twitter disagrees. But two weeks ago, Twitter and to a lesser extent Facebook crossed a threshold that is fundamental in our country. Two weeks ago, Twitter made the unilateral decision to censor the New York Post in a series of two blockbuster articles, both alleging evidence of corruption against Joe Biden, the first concerning Ukraine, the second concerning communist China. And Twitter made the decision, number one, to prevent users, any user, from sharing those stories. And number two, you went even further and blocked the New York Post from sharing on Twitter its own reporting. Why did Twitter make the decision to censor the New York Post? Uh, we had a hack materials policy. Um, that we when was that policy adopted? Uh, in 2018, I believe. In 2018, go ahead. What was what, what was the policy? So the policy is around um, limiting the spread of materials uh, that are hacked. Um, we didn't want Twitter to be a distributor for hack materials. Um, we found that the New York Post, because it showed the direct materials, screenshots of the direct materials, and it was unclear how those were attained, that it felt that it fell under this policy. Now, so in your view, if it's unclear the source of, uh, of a document, and in this instance, the New York Post documented what it said the source was, which it said it was a, uh, a laptop owned by Hunter Biden that had been turned into a re re repair store. So they weren't hiding what they claimed to be the source. Is it, is it your position that Twitter, when you can't tell the source, blocks blocks press stories? No, not at all. Um, we our, our team made a fast decision. Uh, the enforcement action, however, of blocking URLs. This guy is a piece of work, this Jack Dorsey. I'll, I'll tell you that America produces such people is uh, disconcerting. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. If you care about this election, and I know you do, 
I'm playing for you the interchange between Senator Cruz, to his great credit, and this man who, uh, my father had a saying for these people, butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. I haven't heard that saying in a long time. That's what this Jack Dorsey sounds like. The uh, there, There's a cynical coldness to this man who governs Twitter that is very scary. Uh, I mean, the, the lie he began with, Twitter cannot influence an election? <laughs> well, I... I, I I give Senator Cruz credit for continuing to ask questions. Once you deny that the earth is round, it's very difficult to ask questions about astronomy or geology. (laughs) I mean, you heard that, folks. I mean, would you ask me? far smaller than Twitter? Does my show or my network have the ability to influence the election? Of course it does. But Twitter doesn't? I, I, I wish the question had been asked to the head of Google and the head of Facebook. I'd be curious if all three would lie. We continue now with the uh, Ted Cruz, head of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, uh, questioning. Uh, the enforcement action, however, of blocking URLs, both in tweets and uh, in DM, in direct messages, we believe was incorrect. And we changed it. Today, right now, the New York Post is still blocked from tweeting two weeks later. Yes, they have to log into their account, which they can do at this minute delete the original tweet which fell under our original enforcement actions and they can tweet the exact same material from the exact same article and it would go through so mr dorsey your ability is you have the power to force a media outlet let's be clear the new york post isn't just some random guy tweeting the new york post has the fourth highest circulation of any newspaper in america the new york post is over 200 years old the new york post was founded by alexander hamilton and your position is that, that you can sit in Silicon Valley and demand of the media that you can tell them what stories they can publish and you can tell the American people what reporting they can hear. Is that right? No. This was, this was a, you know, every person, every account, uh, every uh, organization that signs up to Twitter agrees to a terms of service. A terms of service. Is so media outlets must genuflect and obey your dictates if they wish to be able to communicate with readers is that right no not at all we you know we we recognize an error in this policy and specifically the enforcement you're still blocking their posts you're still blocking their posts right now today you're blocking their posts we're not blocking the post anyone can tweet can the new york post uh post on their on a twitter account if they go into their account no is your answer to that no unless they agree with your dictates let me ask you something you claimed it was because of a hacked materials uh, policy. I find that facially uh, highly dubious and clearly employed in, in a deeply partial way. Did Twitter block the distribution of the New York Times' story a few weeks ago that purported to be based on copies of President Trump's tax returns? 
We didn't find that a violation of our terms of service and this policy in particular because it was reporting about the material. It wasn't distributing the material. Okay, well, that's actually not true. That They posted what they purported to be original source materials and federal law, federal statute makes it a crime, a federal felony to distribute someone's tax returns against their knowledge. So that material was based on something that was distributed in violation of federal law and yet Twitter gleefully allowed people to circulate that. But when the article was critical of Joe Biden, Twitter engaged in rampant uh, censorship and silencing. And again, we recognized errors in that policy. We we changed it within 24 hours. This is they didn't. The New, the New York Post is locked out. We haven't changed it. <laughs> it's a lie. They can log into their account, delete the original tweet. Uh, you forced the Politico reporter to take down his post about the New York Post as well. Is that correct? Within that 24-hour period, yes. But we, you know, as the policy has changed. Anyone can tweet. So Twitter takes the view. You can censor the New York Post. You can censor Politico. Presumably, you can censor the New York Times or any other media outlet. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC, silencing? views to the contrary of your political beliefs. Let, let's give uh, Mr. Dorsey uh, uh, a few seconds to answer that, and uh, then we'll have to conclude this this uh, segment. Well, we're, we're not doing that, uh, and this is why I opened um, this hearing with calls for more transparency. We realize we need to earn trust more. We realize that more accountability is needed to show our intentions and to show the outcomes. Thank you, um, Senator. So I, I hear the concerns and acknowledge them, but we want to we fix it with more transparency. Thank you, Senator Cruz. Uh, God almighty, I, I tell you. <laughs> when, someone, when someone tells you something that is just blatantly false, it's a very difficult thing to react. It is. Lies are very powerful. We're not censoring the New York Post. Yes, you are. Well, if they just delete their their tweet and then tweet again. We can't influence elections. Twitter? Nah. 1-8 Prager 776. The Dennis Prager Show. What economic system is more democratic and more fair, capitalism or socialism? Dinesh D'Souza has the answer in this week's eye-opening video from Prager University. See it at PragerU.com, where we teach what isn't taught. I don't know if any of the senators raised the issue, and I salute Senator Cruz. He, he is a courageous man battling often alone the greatest threat to free speech in American history. These three people represent the greatest threat, again, to free speech in American history, the heads of Google, Facebook, and Twitter. There's been nothing like this, nothing. It's the one thing that all Americans agreed on. You have the right to say what I don't agree with. 
However, liberalism is dying and leftism is taking over, and leftism has always, without exception in its history, suppressed dissenting voices. There was no exception from Lenin to uh, the left wing in America today. Whenever possible, all dissenting voices are suppressed. Read my column this week about the little incident, or the big incident, in a little place. A high school outside of Toledo, where the kids were told that for extra credit they could watch a uh, conservative video, a PragerU video. One parent objected, and that was removed. They should not have five minutes, five minutes, that's how much a Prager video lasts, of a non-left-wing idea allowed. Maumee High School caved in. I'm not surprised. I give them credit for even inaugurating the idea. Why has Google censored the Great Barrington Declaration? You know what the Great Barrington Declaration? Thousands of scientists who object to the, the lockdown, which is killing, just killing the world. The lockdown is killing the world, not COVID. You're not allowed to say that on the Internet. This is from Spiked. Why has Google censored the Great Barrington Declaration? Big tech now treats any opposition to lockdown as misinformation, even if it's from eminent scientists. As much of the world gears up for a second round of lockdowns and restrictions on everyday life grow ever tighter, a group of infectious disease epidemiologists and public health scientists have come together to propose an alternative, the Great Barrington Declaration was spearheaded by Martin Kuldorf from Harvard Medical School, Sunetra Gupta from Oxford University, and Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford University Medical School. The declaration was bound to cause controversy for going against the global political consensus, which holds that lockdowns are key to minimizing mortality from COVID-19. Instead, the signatories argue that younger people who face minimal risk from the virus should be able to go about their lives unimpeded while, while resources are devoted to protecting the most vulnerable. The lockdowns, they argue, have not only caused an intolerable amount of collateral damage, but have also contributed to a higher number of COVID deaths. But for making this argument, the declaration has been censored. Tech giant Google has decided that the view of these scientists should be covered up. Most users in English-speaking countries, when they Google Great Barrington Declaration, will not be directed to the declaration itself, but to articles that are critical of the declaration and some that amount to little more than smears of the signatories. Well, yes, I know that. You're, you're not allowed to tweet, uh, in some cases, uh, the anything, anything written by a scientist, 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 on behalf of hydroxychloroquine. 
Another study was released by Dr. Victor Zelenko in, in New York, who has been using it. I want to repeat for the hundredth time that it seems to work quite effectively if used only in the early stages of COVID-19, not once you are hospitalized. And it has to be accompanied by zinc. I so believe in it. I take it every week. One eight Prager seven seven six. The issue, my friends, is that this stuff is being censored by these three people. Even what scientists, when scientists differ, but that's what happens when the left is in, is in control of anything. Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. Reading to you and having you listen to the hearing. It's it's entering the twilight zone to speak to these people. Jack Dorsey began with such a, a whopping lie. Twitter has no ability to impact the election. If that's the case, then what are they talking about Russian interference? Russian interference is with regard to the big three. Twitter, Facebook, Google. So, But if they have no ability to affect the election, what are the Russians allegedly wasting their time doing? And then to, 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 he, he said lie after lie, and I hate using the word lie because it's not, it's not a misstatement or an error. It's a lie. He didn't allow the New York Post piece to be tweeted on the, on the Hunter Biden computer because they have a policy of not allowing hacked materials that wasn't hacked. It's a lie. It wasn't hacked. If the uh, Democrats take over the Senate, this will uh, this will be increased exponentially. There will be nothing to oversee Twitter. I've lived to see a deterioration in America that I I, I am sad to report to you on a daily basis. One of the reasons this election is so important and why liberals should hold their nose if they hate Donald Trump and still vote for him. He doesn't present a threat to this country. He presents a threat in their minds to the decorum of the presidency. It's not unimportant, but it is insignificant compared to the damage of the left is doing. You ready for an article? You are not uh, going to find intuitively expected. This is from this week's Newsweek. Nigeria, Africa's largest nation, backs Trump despite Black Lives Matter hostility. And even despite his using the word in a private dialogue with some senators of s-hole countries, 60% of Nigerians want Donald Trump re-elected. 
I have often said that uh, our uh, salvation will come from Africa. If Christianity survives, it's going to be largely because of Africans. So here is the interesting thing. Uh, Here is uh, the, the venerable Emika Ezeji, a vicar and archdeacon in the Missionary Christ Anglican Church in Nigeria's southeastern Enugu state, tells Newsweek by email, I pray for Trump because I see him as the almond tree. This means he's a sign. If he wins this election, God is giving America and the world more time. If he loses, it means there is no time. And speaking apocalyptically, looking at the political ideology of the Democrats, you discover they are working against the inerrant word of God. Of course, there is no one opinion in Nigeria, particularly with the country being split so evenly between Muslim and Christian communities, but most stand behind Trump, even defending some of his criticism of their own country. Some think that Trump has used, this is the quote, some think that Trump has used very harsh words on Nigeria and Africa, but they are not true. But are they not true, as Edgy says? In African nations, the leaders are selfish, corrupt, and presidents who want to remain in power until they die with nothing to show for it. If they had transformed the African nations, I don't think the president of any country would refer to African countries in a derogatory manner. A former British Prime Minister, David Cameron, said Nigeria is fantastically corrupt. Other evangelical figures agreed that Donald Trump was put in his position to do God's work. Interesting, eh? Sixty <laughs> percent of Israelis support Donald Trump, of Israeli Jews. You think Jews are on the left? Only American Jews are on the left. Something sick has happened in this country to American Jewry. As a rather active Jew, I can't tell you how sad that is to report to you, but it is confined to the United States. Isn't that something? 60% of Israeli Jews support Donald Trump. Now, why might that be? Because they're not naive like American Jews. All the Africans who would like to move to the United States, gee, why would that be? Thought the country systemically racist. And as I wrote in last week's column, my last week's column, we are drowning in left-wing lies. America is systemically racist is one of them. These are empty souls, people on the left. They need a cause. Life is too boring and the middle class is too boring. I should read to you again because it was so spectacular. I read to you a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last week, I read to you uh, Fred Siegel, a man who uh, did not vote for Trump. I, I think he's a liberal Democrat, but he, he certainly didn't. He can't stand Trump. And he changed his mind because he realized that the left hates the bourgeoisie, the middle class. They just hate them. They hate their values. They hate. They they look down upon them. They look down on their music. They look down upon even the way they eat and the food they eat. 
the way they speak, that it's true. I grew up in New York. The contempt for flyover country. That's what this is about. Contempt for most of this country. Uh, Say it again. Mike Lee is speaking now. Let me take a call because it's a dissenting call. I go to them. In Danville, Pennsylvania, Elaine, hi. Yeah, hi, how are you? Okay, thank you. Okay, I, ju- I just want to know, what I, I want, I'm a Democrat, um, and I'm not, I, I, I want to know why I get, have to get up every morning and feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, and why there's so much chaos. If Donald Trump is, is, um, in 2016, he was going to make it America great again. Well, now his theme is make it America great again, again. He had four years to do it, and all he does is fight with people. Even his own, even his own party, he fights with. All he never talks about what his policies are, what he's going to do. All he does is fight. Well, and I'm so tired of it. And yeah. So is more well, than well, the, the there has never been a president. Not in my lifetime, and I don't suspect at any time in American history that was vilified by the uh, almost the entire mainstream media of the country. If he he was impeached over nothing, impeached three years. The fighting was initiated by his opponents, not by him. No, he wasn't impeached over nothing. Okay, so fine. If you feel that it was worthwhile, fine. I'm not going to argue. Let's say he was impeached. All right. The Republicans did not believe that it was worth impeaching. They did think that what Nixon did was worth it. So Republicans are capable of voting on behalf of impeachment if they think it's warranted. But you can't say he is the man who has initiated the fights for three years. They lied and spent $40 million investigating something that never happened. Did that ever happen in American history or only against this president? Why why does the president have hundreds of lawsuits? Do you want to answer me? If you don't want to answer me, that's fine. Just say, I'd rather not answer your question. No, wait. There's never been a president that's been vilified? No. That has three years of, of congressional investigation over something that never happened. The Russian collusion well, story is the biggest lie of my lifetime. If he didn't do anything wrong, nobody would be investigating him. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay. So, wow. I, I'll just leave it there because that's, I, have to, I have to ruminate over that thought. If he didn't do anything wrong, nobody would be investigating him. Okay. It's very important for people to understand why there is such a a thought gulf in our society. Hi. 
Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take Relief Factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain in your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's a three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. 